Previously on Abandoned Quest. Braden's main mission is going to be trying to track down the head of the Navy of Waterdeep. Sure. <laughs> so that we can find Blitz's ship. The criminal depicted in the black ink on brown parchment is you. Well, shit. I hope one day my picture's up there just like yours is. Listen, kid, if you want to be like me, here's a rope. <laughs> Struggling to his feet on the ground beside you is a drow. Come on, we have to move. And I just grab his hand and start running towards the other guy. Wait, my store. You're doing the transfer of your deed to your property. Troll Skull Manor. I don't know if I should be here. No, Blitz, it's important that you come to this. After all, we are going to be running a business together. He said we might not even get into the courthouse before the sun sets. I know, the anticipation is killing me. Oh my god. <laughs> The sun rises over Mount Waterdeep, a cool mist blowing in off the Sea of Swords. Markets begin to open, the city watch changes shifts, and a halfling gardener steps onto his front porch to enjoy a morning brew. He's up early today, fully rested and ready to be a productive member of society. He waves to a griffin-mounted guard that is surely too high in the air to see him. Then turns his gaze to the small garden on his windowsill, just in time to see something leaping at his head. Yay! Ducking just in time to avoid you, Misratistan. Vaulting over the smallish man and grabbing a lamppost to swing sharply round a corner, launching yourself toward the thief from the alley shop. The older drow is right behind you, apologizing to the halfling as he runs by. Morning, Mr. In this chase through the castle ward, you'll need to beat the thief in constitution checks to catch up. Mies Ratistin, roll constitution. <laughs> Seven. Okay, as you dart, you feel the blood seeping from your body and making you slow down. Although the injured, older drow that you're with is actually doing a pretty good job keeping up with you. Make another check for me. Oh god, it's a five. I'm doing so poorly. The thief looks over his shoulder and throws his hand back. Oil spreading out of nowhere on the ground and causing you to slip. You manage to regain your balance and continue the pursuit, but he's gained quite a lead. But the drow grabs you by the arm and says, Quickly, come on! As the assailant darts around a corner. Make one more check for me. Come on, dice. Or roll 20. That's a five. Constitution is not my strong point. Well, luckily, this uh, this other guy rolled a four. 
And as you dart around the corner, you see that he has stumbled into a pile of garbage that one of the stores in the city has left out, spilling the leather bag that he was holding. And he quickly crouches down to pick it up again as you and the drow man around the corner. I mean, I don't know if these guys are working together or if one of them's the shop owner. I just started running. <laughs> so, um, okay, so then I'm going to whisper to the guy next to me, who is he? He's a noble boy from House Langolin. I I think this is some sort of hazing ritual. Oh, God. And, and you're working with him? What? No, I'm trying to go to bed. Are they your hats? I've been robbed. Yes, they're my hats. You see that the, the robber is now getting back to his feet. Oh, oh my God. Okay, uh, let's get him. I guess uh, Misra just runs at the guy. She tries to do one of those um, charging grab him by the middle of their chest thing to just kind of knock him down or keep him down. Okay, make a make an unarmed attack roll. Oh no. <laughs> it's a four. It's a four? Okay, well let's see what this guy rolls. <laughs> Probably a little higher than a four. <laughs> Eleven. Yeah, you, you, you leap for this guy and attempt to grab onto him. He looks down and shakes his leg and kicks you in the face, Ugh. causing you to take just one point of damage. Thank God. Blue blood flowing from your nose as the thief struggles to his feet and takes off again. Although not at full speed, if you want to take one more chance of taking this guy. Mistra's going to yell to the guy, help, and then she's going to try to get this guy again. So here is a d20. That's okay. Plus my strength is going to be 13. 13. Okay, you run out. The rage of this <laughs> of this very complicated six minutes you've had drives you forward, and though you are not quite fast enough to get him, he just goes straight down. You leap forward and grab him, and see the rope you gave to the tiefling girl earlier twisted up around his feet. Let me go! Off of me! Return what's not yours, and I will. Uh, make an intimidation check. That's a 20. He tosses the satchel out to his side and holds his hands up on the ground. Now that you're up close against him, you can see the eyes of a very young person that he is sweating profusely. Who made you do this, noble boy? We all, we all do it. It's nothing. It's harmless. <laughs> okay. So harmless that you kicked me in the face. I'm bleeding profusely. Harmless, you say. For whom? Uh... He doesn't seem to know what to say to that. As the drow man comes up behind you, rubbing his wrist ineffectually, he looks down at the boy and he says, go on, let him go. No, he has to... Let's make a deal here. You pay for the damage you caused, fix this guy's windows, and maybe this will be the end of this. The drow looks down at you and speaks to you in undercommon. This is a noble. You are a drow. I am a drow. This is not a fight that we are going to win. I'm already wanted. What more can they do? I'm not. All right, she just unties the ropes and just goes, go. Uh, the boy scrambles backwards and gets to his feet and runs away and quickly disappears into one of the many alleyways of the castle ward. Misra just turns and she like spits on the ground. She's like, humans. You read my mind. Say, do you like rum? I love it.
Broken glass crunches underfoot as you step into the hat shop. The walls are green velvet, lined with wooden busts wearing hats, some with elven ears, some with wide-set scalps, some fallen and broken on the floor. You see the back room has been broken into, and there are several display cases that look as though they once contained brooches and hat pins have been smashed and rifled through. The drow leads you to a set of cushy leather chairs facing the broken window, a bottle of golden rum on a table between them. When he sits you down and pours you a drink, I do appreciate the effort to help me. It's not often I meet a friendly face in the deep. Don't mistake me for anything, trust me. Or rather, don't trust me. I was just distracted. Too late. You've got rum. We're friends now. And he stretches his neck and collapses into the chair next to you. Um, thank you for allowing me to sit. And the rum, of course. How <sighs> rude of me. I haven't introduced myself. JB Nevercott, Waterdeep's premier haberdasher and a recent victim of exciting crime. Uh... Mizra Tistin, recent transplant and apparently wanted rogue for crimes that... Well, I, I technically, I did commit them, yes, but others were involved and, and they are not wanted, so... Mizra Tistin, I thought you looked familiar. There are bounty posters up everywhere and the watch has been going around every drow in the ward asking if we've seen you. Never heard the name Tistin myself. Were you born above or below? <laughs> below. <laughs> What part of the dark are you from? Uh, I, I don't really have a place I'm from. No? Any family? Um, I, I was on my own for a while. It was, it was just me and my brother. Um, we, we never really had a place that she just takes a sip of her rum. I, it's, yeah. I understand. Let's move on. In Waterdeep, you can be a new elf, as they say. <laughs> But, but why, why water deep? I mean, look at it. You just got robbed. It's the middle of the night. Some random drow showed up to fit this good old drow mold and cause a ruckus. No, no, that's the matron mother getting in your head. There is no drow mold. If there was, the masked lords would have rounded us up a century ago, but we're too unpredictable for that. That's why I left Menzo Barons on. Misra raises an eyebrow and leans forward. Tell me more. Where to begin? My father was a slave to the matron mother in Menzo Barons on, House Bayan Ray. He would visit when his duties brought him close to where he'd squirreled me away, and he'd tell me, Keep your head down, JB, for there is freedom in obscurity. And he snorts and glances around his ruined shop, and he says, Clearly, I never took to that. Mm. But forgive me, I do go on. Misra Tistin, you're a woman of apparent talents that could get you far in the Underdark. Why did you come here? I've been on my own for a while. I'm doing what I can to get by, and when a job calls to me, I'm there. Mm. Clean work? <laughs> Most of the time, no. But that's the price you pay, right? He sort of gives you a wry smile and gets to his feet and puts the glass of rum down and rummages through the satchel and pulls out a measuring tape. Do you mind? Um, n not at all. 
He gets to uh, measuring your head, <laughs> taking the length of your ears and the circumference of your skull. And he says, are you Zentarum? Uh, yeah. Oh, well, it's fine work if you can keep it. A little too vague for my tastes, but Davil Starsong is a fine client. Where's your tattoo? Uh, uh I, I, I didn't, I didn't get one. Oh, I wonder why that is. Well, I certainly don't mean to encroach on your current obligations, and forgive my straightforwardness, but I'm in need of a little night work. That's when I thrive. What's your color? Is it too cliche to say blue? It certainly is not. And he brings over a, a blue hat. The top of it is pinched a bit, kind of like a uh, fedora hat, but the brim is much wider, and one side is uh, rolled up and run through with a pin uh, to kind of give it a swashbucklery look. Nice. Places it on your head, and he says, oh, it's a bit big, isn't it? And he, he takes it away and goes back to the walls and looks for a new hat. As you can see, I'm having a bit of a problem with the nobles around here. I rent from House Langolin, and they own the majority of the buildings on this block, but recently they've been angling to join the expansion of the Crown Ward, and I suspect they're behind the recent string of vandalism that we're all experiencing on this block, although the human shops are doing just fine. I find that curious. <sighs> but I'm not the only one upset by this, and I've an arcanist friend who'd like to set an example. How are you with your sleight of hand? <laughs> I'm very good. In fact, <laughs> well, yeah, so she uh, she lifts up her, like, the side of her, like, cloak and just, like, flashes the hilt of the gun. He stares at the gun <laughs> with an eyebrow raised, and he says, That is curious. Indeed it is. He puts the hat down and the measuring tape, and he takes a step towards you and sort of, like, fidgets with his glasses and says, um, would you mind if I took a look at that? I haven't seen one in some time. Only if you can show me how to use it. He smiles. Might be able to show you a thing or two about that. All right. She goes to take it out, and um, can I do a sleight of hand check right now? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what I want to do. So she's gonna, she's gonna take it out and go to hand it to him, but also have her dagger in her hand as well to be like, if you cross me, you will pay. Uh, yeah, totally. Make a sleight of hand check if you want, or an intimidation check. Either one of those would work. Ooh, um, well, they're the same. So let's just do sleight of hand. Okay. Oh, God, it's a five. <laughs> so she tries to be, like, cool and suave, but it does not go over very well. Yeah, you you attempt to do a cool knife thing, but your the blood and glass cuts on your hand sort of stop you in your tracks, and you think better of it, and just uh, and just offer the gun normally, I guess, without the knife. You don't you don't have to drop it or anything. A brief a brief hesitation of just like maybe I should no, and so she pulls out the gun and she's holding it flat in both hands, and she just presents her hands to him. He takes it, turns the weapon over in his hand, admiring the craftsmanship. Do you know anything about this? I won't ask you where you got it, but I want to know if you know what it is. Not a damn thing. This was designed in an island called Lantern. It's a small community of tinkerers and artificers, and this is, this is their prize, if I can be so bold. 
It is a ranged. Mm, it solves problems at a range. It's loud, but it is surprising. He gives it a sort of twirl in his hands in a familiar way and passes it back to you. I can teach you how to use this, but I'm going to need you to do something for me first. Crack on those nobles, got it. <laughs> Precisely. You see, my friend who'd like to set an example, she has a ritual set up and she just needs one thing. Fabric from the person of a noble, something worn close. She says it charges it. I don't understand that woo-woo magic nonsense, but <laughs> a, a handkerchief, let's say. I would get it myself, but there's a reason I'm a Nevercot, and though I couldn't pay you much more than instruction, there will be something in it for you that is substantial, should this get the ball rolling. She grins at the mention of his last name, of the Nevercot, and says, I can absolutely do that. If I, I got this thing open once, um, there's one something inside. It looks like there's spaces for for about four more. How can I get more? He smiles at you and beckons to have the gun back for a moment. She passes it back. bright for you to see, but you would hear the ringing of it in your ears for days. One of the mannequins, the one wearing the blue hat, falls to the ground with a hole between its eyes. Thick smoke trails from the barrel of the gun. Nevercott raises the barrel to his lips and blows it out. The term, I believe, is bullet. Would you like some more? Misra has the most devilish grin on her face, like she is just like coming to fruition about being evil and using this tool and wanting to know everything about it. And she takes it with a raised eyebrow and, and puts it back uh, in her hip and says, I know just the guy. Do you need a bandage for that hand? I would love one, please. Braden, walking in the long shadow of a warship's mizzen, you finally approach the Master Mariner's Guild. It's a large and solidly built wooden building, a smallish galleon somehow affixed to the roof. A narrow gangplank leads to the portcullis-style entrance, anchors from a dozen regions suspended beneath it, halfway covered by the high tide. Your eye is drawn to the sign above the hall's entrance, engraved in the old tongue of the seafaring elves. Those who have not been to sea do not know what it is to pray. The walls are lined with portraits of Water Davian captains, some fighting sea monsters, and some serenely posed underwater in the shadow of their shipwrecks. The floorboards are spaced out just enough to allow water from the harbor to splash up and lick your boots. 
At the front of the hall is a raised platform and podium styled to look like the bow of a ship, and an angry crowd of well-dressed sailors has gathered around the podium, riled up by a young noble on the stage who's shouting about how the people in charge are too old and frail to lead a fine, hard-working crowd like this one. Brayden, what do you do as you enter the guild hall? Uh, Brayden's gonna um, kind of hang back a little bit, actually, um, and try to, like, mm -hmm. get a feel for the vibe of what's going on. Kind of hunker, hunker down, put his collar up, um, and, uh, and just kind of observe. You're just getting a vibe of the crowd and stuff? Okay, give me a uh, perception check. Okay. Uh, I got a 23 perception. Oh, goodness. Okay. So you see that the angry crowd is a lot of young water Davians. They look very noble. Uh, maybe not literally noble, but they're all upper class types. They're all wearing like white coats and shorts and kind of have that yachty vibe going on. You know, mm -hmm. the man at the podium is extremely buff. Uh, not unlike you, but he looks a little more elegant and pampered. And he has like a large blonde pomp of hair. Uh, which is popular with the young and radically fit of Waterdeep. He is shouting into a crystal fox, which amplifies his voice above the crowd. For too long, the Master Mariner's Guild has been led by the Soggy, by the waterlogged. With eyes so full of milk, they can't protect our own ships from being sunken and stolen right from under their noses. Oh, uh, I, and, I, well, Brayden sees an opportunity here. But real quick, the, are these like, do I get the feeling that these are like the owners of ships or like captains or like, like what's the, what's the, what's the clientele here? Uh, give me an insight check. Okay. 19. 19. Uh, you're fairly familiar with sailors, uh, having to have crossed several continents in your lifetime. And, um, you like, you get, you take a look at their hands and with your vampire vision, you see that they are pretty soft, like they're not callous like sailors' hands are, and everybody smells really good. You don't smell like pine tar or salt or sweat on any of these people. A lot of them have that, like, blonde ombre from being in the sun. So you kind of get the impression that these are wealthy people who have boats, but are not necessarily sailors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, okay. <laughs> so Brayden is going to uh, uh, speak up from the back of the Mariner's Guild and say, well, if they will do nothing about it, I believe it is up to us. And he's going to take out a, uh, a, uh, a bag of gold and throw it down and say, any who want to put an end to the piracy, add to the pot now, for I announce a bounty for the missing ships of Waterdeep. 50 gold, 50 of my own gold. Everybody, okay, make a persuasion check, performance check, which would this be? Um, I guess make a performance check because it's a big crowd you're doing this at. 15. 15? Yeah. Okay, yeah, you see that uh, a lot, you've, you've managed to distract a lot of these yachties in the in the room, especially some of the ones towards the back, like the less well-off ones seem to be like nodding and such. But some of them don't seem to be impressed with your offer of 50 gold. And the man on the stage gives you one of those big rich guy frowns and says, And who might you be? 
It is I, Braden's demeanor. Is 50 gold not enough to entice you to protect the ships of Waterdeep? And <laughs> Braden throws down another 50 gold. Are there any who would join me or are you all cowards? Are you all talk? You there at the podium, who are you who will provide no gold for the defense of our ships? Jodeo Broken Gulf. And I'm the guy who's gonna fix this. Uh, guild? And keep our docks safe? Not this rat Braden's demeanor. Not even an official lord of Waterdeep. Coming in here and trying to fix our problems with a paltry hundred gold? I say no. It is a hundred more gold than you have provided for our defense. And Braden kind of like motions to the crowd like, yeah, am I right? Am I right? <laughs> okay, make a, uh, make a, a persuasion check. That was a twenty. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, they you. Uh, he's got a yeah. He's got a point. What leadership you actually offering? Some people are shouting from the crowd, uh, and now it's it's sort of become like a chorus of voices all and and uh, broken gulf from the stage. See, uh, is it tries to starting to try to calm everybody down. Natural one. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this uh, this tag apparently is very effective. Not only are people not listening to him, they're not really listening to you either. Everybody has just started to shout over one another, uh, and it's getting very riotous inside this here guild hall. Suddenly you hear a loud bang like someone fired a cannon in here. You turn to see a narrow-shouldered figure with dark green skin. Their blue hair shaved at the sides and raider braided up the scalp, smoke trailing off their webbed finger, which is pointed in the air. A red fort, a vast. I'm all for rocking the boat, but this is a guild hall, not a boarding party. Mr. Broken Golf, I'll meet you at the jetties come high soon and we can discuss your ideas for keeping your boat safe. Anyone still feeling mutinous can come see me then. You dismissed all of you. The sudden authority seems to have cut the tension in the crowd. The man on the stage frowns, but shuts up. The sea elf turns and smiles at you. You breed in Stabina. Yes, indeed. Your reputation for creating violent mobs precedes you. Yes, it appears I have the bull by the horns, so to speak. You do, don't you? My name is Jet Bulldig. Come in with an invitation from the captain. The guildmaster. If you'd follow me. Okay, Chet, but real quick, I got to... I mean, if no one else is going to put it to the pot, I'm taking my hundred gold back. <laughs> right. Braden's Brayden, going to turn to the crowd and say, Is there none among you who will contribute? Put your money where your mouths are. You broken gulf! Turn out your pockets now, or leave forever in disgrace. Oh, I'll turn my pockets out! He says, and he starts, like, pulling gold coins and pouches and things out of his pocket and throwing them into the crowd. And a lot of the other people in the crowd seem to be doing the same thing, and there's kind of, like, money littering the floor, and some of it's slipping between the loose floorboards <laughs> and under the <laughs> under the Mariner's Guild. We really see... should have a better system for this, a, a big hat or something. <laughs> All right, you guys figure that out. I'll be back to coordinate the defense of Waterdeep's waters. I imagine, I imagine you're like several feet taller than everyone else in the crowd <laughs> and shouting this as you walk backwards following Jet. <laughs> <laughs> they lead you like out of the crowd and onto a wooden lift. 
and they grab a thick rope hanging from the ceiling and give it a short tug, causing the lift to rise and giving you a bird's eye view of the angry mob you've caused downstairs. <laughs> Cap says you're an immortal barbarian. A real conqueror type way back. I, I mean, that's not probably how I would describe myself, but yeah, I suppose that's that's pretty much true. That's, uh, historically, yeah, I was, uh... I was a barbarian, and I, I sure haven't died uh, since then, so yeah, I guess you could say I'm an immortal barbarian of sorts. More of an immortal businessman now, though. I have a question. Don't mean to be disrespectful of your ancient wisdom, or to be reductive of your accomplishments, which and I assume are many to be friends with the captain. But I gotta know, if you all were in charge of this bunch, how would you deal with that guy down there? Uh, he seems easy to provoke, so I would like to meet him in the street, and I believe I could simply provoke him into uh, demanding satisfaction, and then I would happily provide it. That seems to be the easiest way to me. Would you like me to do that? Would that help? I don't really know what's going on around here, but the vibe is that that guy kind of sucks. Yeah, he ain't anyone's favorite. Thank you for taking the time. Your view of the mob disappears behind the upper floor as you arrive at an office and you quickly surmise that it is built into the ship that's perched atop the Mariner's Guild. In the center of the room is a huge round table with spokes like a ship's wheel set atop a luxurious carpet woven with patterns of purple worms and desert trees. And you recognize this carpet from the spoils of your campaign across the plains of purple dust, gifted by you to a young sailor who served you in the conquest, who is now an old man standing in the sunlight through the slanted windows. Jet steps forward and clears their throat. <clears throat> Big pardon, Captain. You've a guest. And Nicholas Downreed turns to see you, smiling wide. He's human with a great big bushy beard, and even though you pop in with gifts of wine every now and then, he's aged dramatically since the last time you saw him. He nods to Jet, who closes the curtains in the room and excuses themselves. Nicholas, how are you? It's It's been too long. What is it, a decade? Two? Braden Stabina, I thought that was you painting my harbor red. You haven't aged a day. Sit down, sit down. Yes, I love that you kept the carpet. It really ties the room together. Well, I never wanted to go carpet shopping again in my life after what happened in uh, Luskin, eh? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. Nicholas pours a tall flagon of wine for himself and a glass of, let's say, whale's blood for you. <laughs> Ooh. Now, Lord Braden, since we've broken our fast, to what do I owe the pleasure? Oh, some unpleasant business, I'm afraid. I, uh... I see you're having some trouble downstairs, uh, and I I may have a related trouble of my own. You see, uh, I recently came into a uh, a protege uh, who was a, a captain. Uh, you know the type. You uh, talking about Staggett? <laughs> no, no, not not Staggett. A, uh, a young dragonborn. Mm. Blitz Avianoset oh. of the Avianoset shipping family. Yes, yes I've, I've corresponded with uh, Mr. Bogatsavo. A number of times. Nice chat. Bit of a bit of a flatterer. And a competent sailor as well, I am told. Um, and yet, uh, in the course of my machinations, it, uh, it appears that I left the ship without its Bogostavo and without its captain, and uh, 
some unsavory types appear to have taken advantage, and now the ship is nowhere to be found. It has gone from the harbor of Waterdeep without its captain or, um, steward? What's the not captain, but like almost the ca quartermaster? Is that? He's the first mate. Now hold the line and give the line to me. Of course. You removed the officers from a vessel in the dock ward and are surprised it was stolen. Yes, you know, yes, you have, yes, that is the situation that I find myself in. And the captain, um, a ambitious dragonborn, um, with a, a family name to surpass, uh, she, um, uh, she has become my protege. And so, you see, I, I find myself needing to get this ship back. Uh, it is, um, you might say, a prized possession, uh, and important to my protege. So, so I come mm. to you in, uh... In search of some help and advice from an old friend. Perhaps able to offer my help to a friend uh, in taking care of whatever the situation is downstairs. There's money all over the floor and a bunch of angry people. I, I don't know if that... What does that have to do with you? I don't know, but I can help, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. I will have some people look into it in an official capacity, of course. But I must ask... Why not have your protege get it back herself. It seems as though she's had a bit of a cardinal mishap losing her ship. It, and I, I can imagine that for a captain, that's probably not so good. But you see, she cannot swim quite as quick as her ship can sail. So I see. I, I We will need some assistance, I imagine, from some sort of navy types. Hmm. It's been a bit, as you can see, hectic around here as of late. Indeed. There's been a lot of um, agitators, what with the guilds, acting like they're going to war again all of a sudden. Mm. Uh, I'm afraid someone's been in the air of that one downstairs. That uh, broken golf chap. Indeed. Really wants to uh, take over the guild. It appears that way. Hmm. I do not want this to happen. <laughs> if you could not, if you could not tell. Indeed, well, perhaps you could. I mean, his grievances, as far as I could tell, was that ships have gone missing. So perhaps finding the ship that I am missing could help restore the integrity of the office and so forth. Ships haven't gone missing. I mean, yes, your ship's gone missing, obviously. Yeah, all all evidence to the contrary. Right. <laughs> I suspect, uh, with Broken Gulf specifically, that he got drunk and went to sea out in the harbor with some of his friends, got himself sunk, and now is trying to scapegoat it for his own machinations. I think the boy's just saving face. Hmm. Indeed. What a jerk. <laughs> He's a big jerk, isn't he? Hate that dude, yeah. Yeah, not a fan. Hey, <laughs> while I have you here, let me let me flay your brain about something. Mm. Now, I'm the leader here, I'm the guild master, I hate saying it, of the Master Mariner's Guild, but I need to step down soon. Oh. And I'm being pressured by the nobles to elect that guy, Jodio Brokengulf, downstairs, and I think he's just a puppet of the Lord's Alliance, and he's kind of a... Well, he's just a prick. Oh, yes. Yeah, he's made him. Yes, I, I did indeed. He made a poor impression. He says like to kill himself in the next few months, as anyone I've ever met. Well, that would certainly make my life easier, but I do worry his death would make him a martyr for the issues he pretends to have. Indeed. Hmm. 
sticky situation. It is. Now, I want to elect Chet, who you met briefly. Oh, yes. Super cool. Very cool. But they constantly refuse my attempts to vet them mm. because their father was once in charge of the Mariner's Guild, and they don't believe a dynasty is what's best for the sailors who pride themselves on earning their ranks through salt and tar. Interesting. What do, what do you think I should do here? I could kill Broken Gulf, yes. but that's no guarantee that Jet would step up, and again, I don't want- No, indeed. Uh, I, I, I see the dilemma, and you are right that simple violence will not solve uh, such a pernicious problem. And surely one of these other friends of Broken Gulf that you spoke of would take uh, take his death as an opportunity to, uh, you know, take all of the acclaim that comes with claiming the uh, the head guildmaster position. No, no, that will not do. Mm. I I have a proposal for you, um, and it comes from an old pirate's tale that I was once told. You see, I have heard that the pirates have a way that they do not uh, pass down the titles. Uh, as as the nobility do. That instead, what they do is they pass around little slips of paper and mm. everyone writes down the name of the person that they would like to be in charge. Mm -hmm. And that, that you count all of the names on the little slips of paper and whoever has the most little slips of paper, uh, that person ends up... There are other ways to do it. You could do hats with straws in them or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One long story short, you need to basically ask all of the relevant uh, Navy-type people uh, who that they would like to be uh, in charge between Chet and um, Broken Gulf. Um, I, I can say Broken Gulf did not appear to be a popular man. It was not hard to turn the crowd against him. And No, but he is, he is moneyed, though. Sure, sure. His family has influence. Okay, well, then you just restrict the electorate to actual sailors. How about that? Uh, let the sailors decide who shall be... The guild master of Waterdee. You know the real salty types. Yes, you want the you want the people, the legitimate sailors mm. and such, yes. to believe in the person who is given this uh, rank of leadership. Yeah, it's not a bad system all around for producing the consent of the governed. <laughs> it's true, and it is also why I believe you should let your captain protege take care of this herself. Oh, if you catch my meaning. I do not. We could send out a raiding party. Sure. You know, make some contacts, pray to some nautical gods, and have the ship returned, perhaps, in time. But I do not think that would be what's best for the confidence of that crew or your protege, young Avia Nosets. Mm. I think she must earn this herself, which is not to say abandon her, but perhaps wait for her... To become the kind of person who could get that ship back and imagine, imagine that kind of captain they would become. Wow, I thought we were talking about one thing, but then we were talking about another thing and you totally uh, convinced me. You've given me a lot to think about, old friend. I think, uh, I think some wisdom might come with the biological process of aging and not just the big number. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> That's stupid. Braden's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, gonna swirl the swirl the blood around in the in the glass and take a, take a, take a little whiff of it. Mmm. Is this orca? It is. We had uh, we had one wander into the harbor a couple weeks ago. Poor thing. Delightful. They are masterful fighters. 
I do not know if you can find their like in the ocean. Except sharks, maybe. Their blood is delicious. Oh, sharks are very delicious, I've noticed. But don't, you know, don't, don't say that around Jet. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. We are good pals. Well, um, I hope I convinced you to try democracy. That sounds pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And hey, just between you and me, you can always rig an election. Well, I am a bit of an expert at rigging. Hey! <laughs> we are good friends, uh, Nicholas. We are. We are very close. If you ever need anything from me, please do not hesitate to call on me or Gravensby. Zig. Blitz. After an hour of underhanded tactics, you have obtained a badge that allows you to move right to the front of the line at the Castle Ward Courthouse. You are dangerously close to your meeting with Magistrate Kylan Silmerhelve at High Sun and must hurry to make it on time. A human beckons you forward, wearing the red cape and silver plate armor of the city guard. She looks very tired. State your business. We have very important business with... Colony Slimmerhuff. Kylene. She like looks at you like, <laughs> why are you wasting my time right now? Just go in. But she yeah. doesn't say that, but you can read it directly from yeah, her eyes. Yeah, Zig's just like, it's fine, it's fine. Badge, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> As we walk by, Blitz is going to do like, like a little arm pump. Like, yeah, I did it. Zig is like doing the the whole the, when the coach and the athletes like doing the little back like just, you did so good, Blitz. you know like I'm so proud of you. This this whole this seasonal effect that Zig has is hitting them very hard. <laughs> <laughs> They're just content all the fucking time. That's what people like at the beginning of an adventure: contentment. Right. You know, <laughs> can't, can't wait for winter and depression to hit. <laughs> You ascend the final steps of the courthouse, approaching a set of massive stone doors that are so out of place you assume they are historical. On either side of the doorway you see towering pillars of obsidian, water spiraling magically around them and cooling your face as you pass through. The ancient doors part as you approach, and finally you step inside the Castle Ward Courthouse. The courthouse has been here for centuries, and like most historic buildings, it's smaller than you might expect. Above you, a fresco is painted on the domed ceiling, illustrating the long history of the ground Waterdeep is built upon, from the ancient city abandoned by the elves to the barbarians that moved in after and built the Deepwater Harbor, from the Spell Plague to the walking statues, all the way up to the modern day, depicting Lairel Silverhand and the Lord's Alliance welcoming civilization with open arms. You walk into the lobby and see two more city guard in red capes and silver plate, standing on either side of a reception desk. They too look very stern, and one of them is particularly large. Sitting at the reception desk is a dwarf, protected by a thin barrier of what appears to be glass. Nobles and commoners alike share benches on either side of the room, bored and impatient with no end in sight. Zig, Blitz, what do you do? Okay, so do you know where we are supposed to go? Or... Uh, Zig is just going to go up to whoever looks remotely in charge. And just, like, making sure the badge is fully fucking visible. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just going to walk up and be like, we have an appointment to see... Fuck, what's her last name? I wrote this yeah, as you I... As you walk up, there is an elf in line ahead of you who sort of, like, looks back at you with a glare. Why are they mad at me? 
You don't know. You can roll an insight check if you want. Yeah, I'm gonna roll a fucking insight check. What the fuck is their problem? As Zig is, like, doing this properly in line, uh, Blitz is just kind of, like, looking around and yelling, uh, Christmas Silverhalf! We are here to- Hello? Christmas Silverhalf! Hello? Who is- that and where can we find them? Does anyone know where this lady? Keep it quiet. <laughs> Are you Christmas Silverhalf? Uh, you see one of the guards approaching you, the larger guard. Oh, perfect. Uh. Do you know where Stylin Simmer Sleeve is? He cocks an eyebrow and says, uh, "You're going." No, that's not the right name. It's Kaitno Slimmer Boat. You are going to have to keep it down, mm. or you will be removed. Okay, sorry. Is there a directory, or a map, or names on doors? <laughs> you are going to have to wait your turn, he says, standing a little straighter. Okay. Yeah, I rolled a seven insight, so I'm just... Th this person glaring at me is just very upsetting and nothing else. <laughs> Oh yeah, they're just dicks. They're di just they're dicks. just a dick. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm going to make a mental note of like what they look like, so I never let them in the alibi ever again. Okay, good. Well, eventually their their <laughs> business is concluded, and you can walk up to the desk here. As they where you see as this. they walk away, I'm going to try and trip them a little bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, roll slide of hand. I'm not going to stop. Yeah, I'm not stopping this. Fourteen. Uh, you do trip them. <laughs> Uh, and they hop forward on one foot, but they're they're kind of wearing like really big fancy boots, and, and it seems like they like hop forward and then like regain their posture very quickly because they're an elf and keep walking forward like they're playing it off, you know, like they think they tripped, okay, you know, and not looking back at you at all. I'm just gonna snicker. Yeah, everybody else on the bench <laughs> seems very satisfied with what you've done, okay. <laughs> including the guard. <laughs> uh, Zig is going to step up. Um, we have an appointment with Kylan, uh, Sil fucking A. Silmerhalf? Ah, yes, you're the noon sun appointment, aren't you? Mm-hmm, property transfer. Excellent, yes, yes. Uh, Strollier, the high sun's here. Show them in. The very large soldier looks over at you and nods and says, Right this way? Thank you, sir. Wait, so you know where this person was the whole time? Yes, I work here. I literally asked you. Blitz, blitz. There is an order to these Gosh. things. It's fine. I was like you once, mm. blitz. Mm. I was a wild-eyed renegade here to change things in the city. That's a lot of assumptions, but okay. <laughs> no, no, blitz, please. Good, sir. Yeah, she's, she's a new arrival. You know how it is. I do. You're excited. So excited. You want to get things done. Yeah, and he has this conversation with you as he leads you down this hallway here. Mm -hmm. Yes, I quite understand you better than I think you understand you, blitz. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. you just need to <laughs> learn to discipline yourself, there's, and even you might lot. one day work here at the courthouse. I have a very teenage <laughs> expression on my face. Yeah, definitely. That's okay. Goodbye, person who did not help much. <laughs> he smiles and nods at you and waves as he. Like he got through to me. Yeah, he's like, I did something today. 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> this is why I joined the courthouse. <laughs> In stark contrast to the dungeon of lines you've endured so far, the chamber you enter is bustling with activity. The small room is overcrowded with desks, each of them dominated by file folders, paper birds, and three-ring grimoires. Several blandly dressed gnomes and a single half-orc in one of those accountant visors points you toward a door at the end of a long hallway. Are we waiting here, or are we still being led? No, you are are assumed to know how this works from here on. Okay, do I know how this works? You do, yes. Okay. And so you guys make your way into this room, past the clerks who sort of point you over here, and you wait politely by the door. Mm-hmm. Is uh, the door open? Uh, it's ajar. Blitz is going to, like, stick her head in. <laughs> and Zig is going to pull her back. Kyle, we'll run some. We're here. We are here for our team. As you try to pull Blitz in, her horns get stuck on the on the sides of the door. Uh, and Blitz, you are treated to a sight of uh, Kylan's office. Uh, the seal of Waterdeep is emblazoned on the wood floor. And you can see that there's several plush chairs laid out in front of the desk. And uh, two of them are empty. And in one of them is your friend, Volothamp Gaderm. Hello, Volo. As like she's pulled back. <laughs> oh, not so loud, Captain. <laughs> Zig, Volo's in there. Oh, okay. Volo's in there. Zig is going to like open the door a bit. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for us, or are we intruding? Yes, no, come in, come in. Thank you. And you walk in and you see there's a purplish-tinged tiefling, got little glasses on, and is wearing, like, large, flowing magister's robes, and she is, like, very quickly scribbling through something on the desk as she beckons you over to sit. Okay. Would you care for lemonade? And she gestures with her hand, and you can see a glowing mage hand holding a pitcher of lemonade. Always. Are you kining simisif? She, like, glances up. It doesn't answer you. Just because it was really hard to get anybody to tell me where you were. You might want to put up signs with arrows. Well, Blitz, Blitz, <laughs> she's the lady in charge. Oh, like this whole thing? Zig, so nice to see you again. Is this your daughter? She's new in town. <laughs> <laughs> I've sort of taken her under my wing, you could say. Why? It's a great question. Hello, my name is Blitz Avionosets, and she like puts out her hand. (laughs) The childish way you just said your own name. (laughs) Kylan uh, stands and takes your hand politely and shakes it and says, uh, Magistrate Kylan Silmerhelve, pleasure to meet you. Shall we get this over with? Uh, She sits back down and gestures for you two to take a seat in front of her. Well, okay, let's see here. Looks like you are transferring the property, Volo, over to these two fine people. Um, Did you lose a bet? No, this is a legitimate property. Very valuable. Good to see you, by the way, Zig. How are Mm you? And uh, and this is this is just... uh, Fine, he winks over at Kylan. So this property is worth a lot of money, right? Because you promised us money and then you're like, oh no, here's this instead. And I just want to make sure that it is equal. Exchange? Yeah, that that's the word. Actually, it is worth quite a bit of money. Okay, good. It's in a very prime spot called Troll Skull Alley. There's a lot of uh, mm. foot traffic here, a lot of other businesses around, and that's quite a history I think you could probably do very well with this place if you're starting out here in Waterdeep. Oh, okay, cool. 
All right. I was just making sure, you know, because no offense, Volo, but you're kind of shifty, so. Coming from you, that means almost nothing. Yes, great banter. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that just about does it for us. Do you all have any other questions about your new property? No, let's get her done. What color are the walls? I don't have that kind of information. Are you okay? No, I'm just curious. I just She's having a day. She went kind of hard last night. I drank a lot last night. Oh, no <laughs> kidding. Well, and you'll just see as as you guys are talking, you hear a cracking of wood. The door behind you bursts open and a figure in robes is standing in the doorway with a knife drawn. Oh. They point towards Kylan. His eyes are always on you! And he leaps forward. Uh, lightning breath. Oh, fuck. Lightning breath? You have to be a 12. Uh, they roll a three. <laughs> they leap, and you step in the way and throw your lightning breath at them. The attacking robed figure is launched backwards out of the door. Um, it's five lightning damage, just so you know. And as they stammer to their feet and try to run and leap back into the fray, Kylin stands, and you see a magic missile twist out of her wand and hit this guy in the gut, and then another one in the shoulder, and another one in the leg, and another one in the head as they crumble backwards, uh, unconscious in the hallway. And that is why my name isn't on the fucking door. And Kylin whips her wand through the air and holsters it. Friend of yours, Kaylin? I walk over to Jack if it's dead or unconscious. They're unconscious. Okay. I'm going to pick them up by like the back of their neck and like just check their pockets and stuff and bring the body in and like throw it in the corner. Uh, Okay. Roll sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. I'm not like trying to be sneaky about it. Yeah. I'm not being sneaky about it. So. Oh, are you? But are you like trying to loot them? Yeah. So like invest. Oh, investigation. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's okay. 21. Oh. Yeah, she gets everything. 21. (laughs) Uh, You reach into their pocket and feel something wet. Oh. You pull out, based on the smell, a handful of fish eyes. Uh, Okay. (laughs) There's like multiple. It's not just one. It is like a whole handful of carved out fish eyes. Blitz pops one in her mouth and (laughs) chews on it a little bit to like see if she like recognizes the taste or anything. I suppose you might. Mm, mm, mm. There is a murky <laughs> taste to this one. Okay. Like it came from somewhere deep. Okay. Zig is just going to look from the like unconscious assassin, I'm guessing, to Kaylin and be like, friend of yours? Is this does this happen often? <sighs> With the Xanathar running amok, it happens all the time. <sighs> oh, fish eyes. This guy was an intern in here last week. You never know where they are. She like looks around all paranoid and she grabs the robed figure with her mage hand by the back of the robe. If you wouldn't mind excusing me for a moment. Of course. She walks out of the room and says, Strollier, we need to talk. And the door slams behind her. Uh, Zig, do you want a fish eye? They're... They're kind of overly salty, but they're okay. Volo sits up from his position of cover. I I could take one of those, I think. Uh, she hands, like, puts her fist full of fish eyes in front of Volo. He plucks one up and pops one in his mouth, and he says, You know, this reminds me of the time I was in the Ashari, 
And like as he says that, his like eyes bug out a little bit, and he just slumps back in his chair, paralyzed. <laughs> oh, shit. oh shit! Wait, do I feel anything? No. Oh, okay. Can't handle his fish eyes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna put the rest of them like in my in my pocket, I guess. <laughs> Snack for later. Nice. They won't keep, so eat them quickly. <laughs> Yeah, well, we we still need to get the deed and stuff, right? Yeah, is like the deed on on the the table or anything. Uh, the deed is on the table. Yes. Is it like all officiated? I guess I wouldn't know that. Zig, does this look like it's like all done? Or? No, it's not done yet. We need right. We need to wait for her to come back and do the like magicy part. Okay. If we're going to be in here for a while. No, not until we have the deed finalized, but. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Blitz is, like, backing up as, like, Zig's thing. <laughs> I'm just going to check, you know, like, one no, drawer. No, bl- bl- Blitz. Just, like, a quick Blitz. little poke and she that's was, like... Scroll, <laughs> that scroll that Doe gave you right now. I need you to read it right now. <laughs> she opens She opens the drawer. God she opens the drawer. Uh, okay. Did I see anything cool? <laughs> uh, inside, you see um, so a very nice glasses case. Mm-hmm. and fingernail polish, okay. candied almonds, and the light from a small stone at the back of the drawer that is now pulsing and droning. Ooh, grabs that. <laughs> Fucking damn it. What is this? <laughs> as you pull it out, Zig, you recognize it as an alarm system. Oh my god, no. Yeah, yeah Zig is going to uh, slap it out of her hand and throw it close to Volo <laughs> and yell, Volo, what are you doing? And pray. <laughs> the guards burst into the room and they see that Volo has the runestone thing on him and he, this paralyzing agent, is wearing off and he's super woozy looking. And he's like, what? What's happening? Wasn't me. Guards, I don't know what happened. I don't even think he's in his right mind. What? But I just, I had to do something. What's happening? You see Strolier looking very disappointed, and he says, I expected better of you, Volothapkadam. We all did. And he's like, what? what? And he he lifts Volo up by his collar and throws him over his shoulder. Good job, Blitz. I'll put in a good word for you in the office. Thank thank you. Just doing my civic duty? Yeah. And as they leave, uh, Kylan wanders back in. What the fuck happened in here? This is an I, I Volo nah. tried to go through your desk and we were like, not today, buddy. What a fucking day. Oh. Yep. Yep. Well fuck that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's this going to? Me for now. Great. There's a few partners. We haven't ironed out the details. Mm-hmm. She scribbles up on the uh on the deed and uh passes it over to you and she says, uh, you're good. Thank you, Kaylin. Thank you, Christmas. <laughs> She's trying her best. She's trying her best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These big city names, they're hard for her. Send my love to Lazarus, she says through gritting teeth. <laughs> and hey, 
whenever you want to come by. Yeah. You know you're always welcome. Yeah. And okay. we always take good care of our friends. Yeah, I know. That's great. I just had an assassination attempt on me, so I will see you guys yeah, later. Yeah, you should come by. We can keep you safe. Laz will be there. <laughs> oh, great. I can't. I feel, I feel so safe in your nightclub. <laughs> Don't be mean now, Caitlin. Yeah, she really wants you to leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like hurting Blitz okay, out. Okay, great. Cool. All right, time to go. This has been Abandoned Quest, a production of Sea Monsters Etc., featuring Mike Allen as Braden Stabiner, Janelle Irene Lawson as Blitz Avianosets, Sarah Nagel as Zig, and Carlina Manzi as Misra Tistin. Character and album illustration by Jem, who you can find on Instagram at MadeFetish. Original theme music composed by Totally Futuristic, who you can find on Instagram at Totally Futuristic. A special thanks to our patrons, Andrew Perez, MC Allen, Maximilian Mycroft Meath, Jonathan Schwartz, and Ryan Bowling. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash abandonedquest for as little as $3 a month and gain access to exclusive content. This month, enjoy the second chapter of Meistercross Gen X Thousand, where the crew must infiltrate a colony ship to extract a secret weapon, only to discover the weapons might be the secrets they made along the way. Because we recorded these sections separately, Zig and Blitz's ended up being an hour longer than everyone else's, and to fit the episode pacing, I had to cut that hour out. As a humble apology, we'll be releasing the hijinks of Blitz and Zig scamming their way to the front of the line as the first abandoned side quest, coming whenever I have the damn time to finish it. Also sorry this episode was late, did you know we're having a plague? Speaking of America, don't forget to sort out your ballot, mail-in or otherwise. I've been a displaced Bahamian national living in an extended stay hotel in Florida since March, and not having an address brings all manner of fun to me and mine. Regardless, this has been your Dungeon Master, Donnie Knowles, and from all of us at Abandoned Quest, don't give up.